Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
Okay, here we go. So, uh, apparently I've been on mute. I don't know how long I've been on mute. Um, we got our first comment in here, Spartan Barton. He says I might have been on mute. Welcome in. We got a new viewer. Uh, I don't know how long I was on mute for. So, I, quite frankly, I don't know what you heard and what you didn't hear. Uh, it may have been... Uh, it may have been when I played that video of the Virginia Tech game. I don't know. But the moral of the story is uh, Clemson, Virginia Tech, just so many, so many little things. I, this is funny, actually, really. I have no idea what you've heard me say and what you haven't heard me say up to this point since I've apparently been on mute. I don't know how long I was on mute for. Uh, so we're just going to pick it up from here. Uh but the moral of the story is there were so many little things that happened in that Clemson-Virginia Tech game uh, that were just so resemblant of Virginia Tech season. From the sprinklers coming on in the middle of the game, from Notre Dame star quarterback Ian Book having a 5-10 minute interview uh, in the middle of the game, to Trevor Lawrence throwing an interception, uh, I believe it was the second of the year. Trevor Lawrence throws an interception. And then the very first play Virginia Tech gets it, uh, Braxton Burmeister fumbles it, gives it right back to Clemson. Trevor Lawrence runs it in. The very next play that Virginia Tech has the ball back, Hendon Hooker fumbles it around three, four, five times. Clemson gets it, takes it to the house, another touchdown. All within the span of 30 seconds. Like, if that's not resemblant to Virginia Tech season, I don't know what is. Uh, so, I mean, Virginia Tech's just in a bad spot, man. A really bad. And, and then what makes it worse is what I talked about uh, one of the previous episodes. I don't know if it was on Friday or on Monday, but it's like, you can't, like, you're going to have a hard time trying to get rid of... Uh, Puente, the head coach. He's in the tank till 2024. Like, what? What? I don't know what you're supposed to do because it's going to cost you $12.5 million to buy him out if you did it right now today. Uh, and then on December, so in three days, on December 10th, it would actually come down to $10 million to buy him out. And I, and I remember I was talking to my uncle about this on Thanksgiving, diehard Virginia Tech fan. He hasn't been watching lately, and he sold all his season tickets last year to give you an idea where Virginia Tech fans are at. It's just like with COVID uh, and all the layoffs already, it's like the in the lack of fans coming in, that's money, uh, and TV numbers, TV revenue, like – with all the cuts and things you've had go on through this COVID season, it's like you're going to drop 10 to $12.5 million to buy out Fuente. That's going to be hard. Like, you, I'll tell you this. If they do it, it's going to show you just how eager or desperate or whatever you want to call it they were to get rid of him because – that is no small task with the way things are right now. That is not, I mean, buyouts like that are, aren't easy to do anyway. We saw it with Danny Manning and Wake Forest in basketball last year. But when you're going, when you're in a recession or COVID or when things are tough, it only just heightens the level of difficulty to try and pull that off in a practical way. So, mm. I just Virginia Tech's in a rough spot. Like it's bad. Uh and Clemson, I tell you what, watching that game, Clemson exploited the hell out of Virginia Tech's awful run defense. I mean, exploited well, I should rephrase that. Trevor Lawrence exploited the hell out of it. I mean, he's he was running all over Virginia Tech the other night. All over him. Uh and also I don't know what the deal was with Hendon Hooker. I don't know if y'all saw that. Uh, I don't know. He was like twitchy or, or something. It was like 
I noticed it specifically after uh, that play where he was fumbling around uh, and then Clemson ran it to the house. I noticed it in the second half. I, I noticed it specifically after that. Um, and he, he, you could see him on the sideline. He was just like, like it, it almost looked like he was shivering, like, but it just, I don't know. He was twitching. Or I don't know what the deal was, uh, but he did it several times and for a while. So I don't know what that was all about. Um, I don't know. I, I'll have to do some more. Uh, I assume he's good. I don't know if he was hurt or, or what, like even, um, even after the game was over and they were all headed to the locker room, like he was still like twitching as he was walking to the locker room. So I don't know what the deal was. Uh, yes, uh, Miami did have a big win uh, this weekend, and they've got Carolina at home this come this this week. Uh, we're actually we're actually going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one for both Miami and UNC, and we're actually going to talk about both of those teams here in a little bit. You know, UNC, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. They were very fortunate in the sense that they actually had a very, uh, a very solid schedule. Is like late in the season, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame, while they're both great teams, nobody's denying that. It definitely doesn't help their situation when they have a weak schedule. And that was, that was one of my issues with Notre Dame early on when I thought they might be a little overrated to be ranked as high as they had. And they hadn't played anybody yet. Obviously they proved me wrong, but, or, you know, when you've got a weak schedule, it doesn't help your case. And that was one thing I felt Carolina was very fortunate this year is because they've had, you know, ranked, they had Notre Dame last week. They've got Miami this week. So they had two ranked opponents in their last four weeks of the season, which for a team in their situation who got booted out of the top 25 kind of fell off a little bit. It gave them an opportunity to kind of come back. Whereas another team, uh, that just has weak opponents the rest of the way. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, even if you win those games, it's not going to give you the credibility to get back in the top 25. And that's something that I felt like Carolina was fortunate to have in Notre Dame and now Miami and Carolina, you know, they're ranked 20 in the AP poll. We'll see what they get in the uh, newest college football playoff rankings. I think those will either come out Tuesday or Wednesday. Welcome into our new viewer. Hope you're doing well. Um, <clears throat> this is interesting. So Spartan Barton uh, says that the winner of the Miami UNC game, I assume, will have a good season and the loser will have an okay season. Uh, maybe. I think... I don't know. I mean, I think obviously Miami statistically on paper has had a better season than Carolina already. Uh, I actually think, you know, my, I don't want to say Miami's overrated because I think they're actually rated, and you know this because we talked about it on Friday. I think Miami's rated right where they should be at number 10. Uh, there was there was a little bit of chatter uh, saying that, you know, Miami – was underrated and not getting talked about enough this year. I completely disagree. I think they're right where they should be. I don't think I don't think they have a good defense this year. Not an elite defense anyway. I think Derek King has basically carried them to where they are. Uh, so to your point here, and we're going to get into this a little later, but just to answer your comment right now, uh, I think. I think if Carolina loses, it, it's hard for me to say that, that if either one of these teams would lose, like they would just have an okay season. I, I would say if one of them were to be that case, I would say Carolina just because, you know, they choked against FSU, they choked against UVA. Uh, and so that doesn't look good on their record. 
if Miami loses, it's just like, eh. It's it's not a good loss because obviously Carolina's ranked below them a good little bit. You know, uh, Miami 10, Carolina 20. But it's like, it's not like they're just okay because they lost that game because their record looks so good on paper. Um, but I will say to this point, you know, a loss from, you know, he comments, a loss from Miami would be a huge blow, but a win from UNC would be a huge win. I, I do agree with you on a win from UNC would be a huge win uh, just because it would – you know, it probably, well, not probably, it would be their biggest win of the season, you know, seeing as Miami's ranked 10. It would look really good, and I'm actually, I'm just going to go ahead and go there, since we've talked about it up to this point. I'm going to go ahead and go there. Uh, so, if you didn't know, Carolina was ranked, um, I believe, 19 uh, in the, college football in their first college football playoff ranking it was either night well i don't remember if it was they were 19 in the ap poll and then after the notre dame game they uh they went to 17 in the first college football playoff ranking or if it was uh they got 19 in the first college football playoff ranking then went up to seven i don't remember but they were ranked number 19 when they went up against notre dame they lost. It was they played Notre Dame really tight in the first half, uh, and then just got completely shut down in the second half because Notre Dame played. Oh, I don't know their best half of football all year long. Even their coach said that. Um, and I was curious, and I said this on the show. I was curious, like, all right, how. F- are they going to get knocked out of the top 25 after that loss to Notre Dame? And if not, how far do they fall? Because they were 19 at the time. They didn't fall. They went up to 17 after that game. And a lot of you know, a lot of the same people who were chirping that Carolina was overrated at number five, which they were, by the way. We've, we've discussed that. They were overrated at number five. But they are a top 25 team. Uh a lot of people thought, why are they going up? They just lost to Notre Dame. And I'll tell you why. Because they played the number two team in the country very well up until the second half. And, that, and that, you know that's the difference between that game and the FSU and UVA losses. You know, Carol, in the FSU and the UVA losses, Carolina lost to an inferior team. Uh, and they it was the way in which they lost where they just completely – were shell of themselves late and choked it away. That, you know, you know, they say all losses and all wins aren't created equal. Well, the Notre Dame loss, that was a good quality game for Carolina. They just got shut down by one of the best teams in the country playing their best half of football all year long. And you can't shame them for that. And I think uh I think in the first half of that game you saw a lot of what Carolina has already been showing you all year, you know, with their explosive run game, with Sam Howell being explosive, the receivers. In in a nutshell, their offense being very explosive. Now, it wasn't as explosive like as it was against teams like NC State or Virginia Tech, but you still like saw like, all right, this is what they are. It's it's a little bit condensed because, you know, they're going up against a great Notre Dame team. So it's obviously not going to be like the floodgates open like against Virginia Tech. But you saw that same identity that they've got a very explosive offense. And I think that factored into that ranking. So I think that's who Carolina is. You know, defensively, they haven't been as great this year. Which is why this game against Miami is going to be very important for Carolina to win. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that game... Yeah, I think he was talking about the FSU-Carolina game. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that game looked like an upset. Uh, uh, Yeah. I'll tell you this. I thought that the Carolina-Notre Dame game looked like an upset from the beginning, uh, obviously until the second half. Like I I thought Carolina had a real shot in that game. Um, 
Let's see here. Spartan Barton says Carolina losing would knock them out of the rankings. (sighs) Yeah, you might be right about. Well, actually, I would agree with that because they currently sit at number 20. I don't know what they're going to be when the new uh, college football playoff rankings come out. Uh, But because they're already kind of at that bottom few. Yeah, if they lose to Miami, that'll probably knock them out. And then Miami losing would put them close to 20. And re- yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So if Car- in a nutshell, what Spartan Barton says was, if Carolina loses, they're knocked out of the top 25, which I 100% agree. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then if Miami loses, they'll probably drop down around like 20 or so. So... Uh, Let's see here. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Boston College UVA game. Uh, UVA actually got a nice win against a Boston College team that, you know, I've said it on multiple occasions, has been like the surprise of the ACC season. You know, uh, Boston College has a new coach, uh, and they've looked really, really good. And I'll tell you, uh, both Boston College and UVA brought their pass rush early in that game. I don't know if you caught it. I mean, I, I mean, I'll even – I found that to be one of the most int- – there were not many good – for the record, there were not many good football games to watch in the ACC this week. I mean, Carolina versus Western Carolina, blowout. Uh, Notre Dame against Syracuse, blowout. Clemson against Virginia Tech. That was interesting just because it was prime time. It was Clemson. And, you know, let's just see how bad Virginia Tech is going to look again. Uh, Miami-Duke, blowout, 48 nothing Miami. Uh, Georgia Tech-NC State got a little interesting, but NC State pulled that one out, 23-13. So, honestly, one of the most interesting games for me, anyway, outside of Clemson-Virginia Tech. But – interesting in the sense that all right let's see what's actually going to happen not let's see how bad virginia tech is was uva boston college um just because i'm curious like i'm fascinated i guess that's the only way to say like i am fascinated to boston college um i think just based on what i've seen from boston college week in and week out i would I'm going to put a state. I've actually already done this, but I'm going to do it again because I believe in it that much. I think next year at some point, Boston College is going to be in the top 25. Book it. I'm telling you, book it. Boston College is going to be in the top 25. Like, I really believe that. Uh, because when you look at the teams that have been in the top 25 this season from the ACC, like outside of Clemson, uh, Notre Dame, Miami, the obvious ones at the top. When you and then maybe Carolina at times, although I don't want to get biased on that one, but at times Carolinas look like an obvious top twenty-five team. But teams like teams like you, uh, I don't remember. If, I think UVA was ranked at the beginning of the season. I don't don't quote me. I don't think they actually you know what. I don't think they were. Maybe they were. I don't remember. Virginia Tech was ranked early in the season. Pitt was ranked early in the season. NC State got ranked that one week uh, after they pulled off an upset against Pitt, I think it was. Teams like that that, you know, kind of hung around the top 25 for like a, a week or two. Boston College is every bit as go- good enough to do that. So I think easily Boston College will be a top 25 team next year. Mark it down. It will be do- – it's documented – I will clip this. I will re-air it because I just believe in Boston College a lot. And I'm fascinated by what Boston College has been up to. Now, obviously, they lost. I just hyped them up. Now i got to tear them down. I'm not going to tear them down. But they lost this weekend to UVA, 43-32. Um, like I said, both of those teams, like if you watched, which unless you were fans, I don't know why you would. Uh, but if you watched that game, you, I mean, both teams brought the pass rush early. You know, initially I'm like, man, Boston College is bringing their pass rush. UVA was bringing it just as much. The problem was uh, for Boston College, you know, they it was very defensive early. It was like a 
seven to six game until the second quarter. And then, you know, UVA's quarterback kind of found a little bit of a rhythm and then it was just off to the races and he really never lost the rhythm. Uh, Let's see here. Spartan Barton says that he has been hearing that Georgia tech is a dark horse to have some successful seasons in football in the coming years. I buy that. In fact, it's actually kind of interesting that you bring that up uh, because I was actually kind of thinking the same. Ironically enough, uh, I've got the the replay of the Georgia Tech NC State game uh, on right now on my TV, and I got to be honest with you, I don't know why, but I, of the teams in the ACC that like aren't good, like uh, FSU, UVA hasn't been great this year. Uh, Pitt, you know, teams that are at the Duke, t- Syracuse, teams that are like at the bottom tier, you know, they aren't in the conversation at all. Of those teams, I would say Georgia Tech is the one that I would, that's the one that I could see actually becoming something here in the next couple years and actually making a little bit of noise. So it's actually kind of funny that you bring that up because I was literally thinking that same thing uh, the other day, especially against. Uh, NC State because it was a very competitive game. I think the final was 13-23. NC State won it, but Georgia Tech, they haven't looked bad at times. They really haven't. So, uh, I will say this. Getting back to the UVA Boston College game. So, UVA UVA plays Virginia Tech. This week, this week, in fact, let's see here. Who's at home for that game? I'm about to look at. I think that's at Virginia Tech. I'm almost certain about that. Yeah. Yep. That UVA at Virginia Tech, eight o'clock ACC Network. Uh, the night cap. Yeah, that's. I have a funny feeling UVA is about to have a field day with Virginia Tech. That's something you know, uh, I've made a few proclamations in this show today. You know, Boston College is going to be ranked in the top 25 next year. You can book this one too. Because UVA, they, they haven't had a very good season you know, they're five and four, four and four in the ACC. They're kind of coming along here late, which is why I think, you know, that little bit of momentum coming off of a, a win this past week, a solid win against a up and coming Boston College team at that, uh, that is going to spring them right into Virginia Tech game. And when you consider uh, that Virginia Tech has just been. Virginia Tech this year. Because uh, this is it. This is it for Virginia Tech this year. I mean, I don't see them making a bowl game, which I don't even know. I don't even know how bowl games are going to be done this year, quite frankly. As weird as everything is with the pandemic and, you know, bubbles and play play a playoff bubbles. Like, I don't even know how bowl games are going to – like, obviously they're going to get the college football playoff in. But – I don't know if you're going to be able to get like, I mean, you know how it is in college football nowadays. We have like a hundred different bowls. Like, I don't know how they're going to be able to pull that off. Now, Spartan Barton makes a good point. UVA Virginia tech is an extremely underrated rivalry. Uh, I agree. I actually would put it in the comp. Well, actually, no, that's disrespectful. Uh, I was going to say I would put it in the conversation as far as underrated rivalries with NC State Carolina in football, but actually that's not fair because Virginia Tech UVA is way bigger than Carolina NC State. Now, Carolina NC State, from what I hear, used to be a really big one back in the day. It's not as much anymore. Uh, But yeah, UVA Virginia Tech, it's extremely underrated. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And to that point, like like I was saying, this is it for Virginia Tech. I don't see them making a bowl game, whatever bowl situation is going to be this year. I don't. I, I, again, I don't know how they're going to do that. But 
like I've said in the past, you know, being a former athlete where I've been in situations and in locker rooms where the season was just a wash. Nobody wants to be there anymore. Like it's just all like it's just it's not a good situation. Like nobody's bought in. Nobody believes in the coach. The coach gets fired, actually. I had that happen before too. Uh it's just it's just a a shit show, quite frankly. To put it that that's the only way to put it. It's just it's a shit show. Like that nobody's bought in. It's a it's a joke. And it only gets worse from week to week. And you it, this wasn't the case with me because I always cared no matter what. But you have players that just like they don't even care anymore. Like like finish the deal. Let's fin- wrap it up. Let me go home. Like I, I'm done. And I think Virginia Tech is going to be dealing with, and has probably already been dealing with a lot of that. Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of what ifs about Fuente's future going on in that locker room. I don't know for sure, obviously, but if I had to bet, I would assume that. And it's just it's it's gotten worse and worse and worse from week to week. Uh, and I think, like I said, for those reasons, I think UVA coming off of a nice win off of a nice win against Boston College. Ironically enough, I have that Boston College UVA game up now on my TV. I think coming off of that win and Virginia Tech just being Virginia Tech, UVA is going to rip them to shreds. I just have that feeling. It's actually going to be kind of fun to watch because I just think it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, because Virginia Tech has been like the joke, the meme of the of the ACC this year, and this is just going to be that last <sighs> wipe them out, wipe it out. UVA is going to come and just sweep them out. So, uh, that is it for Monday. Again, I apologize. Uh, my mic being on mute for there for a while. Kudos to Spartan Barton for actually saying that I was on mute. I don't know how long I was on mute for. Uh, that's the. It's actually kind of funny. Like I, I went on like a long ass Virginia Tech Clemson game rant, uh, and shortly after that, I was told I was on mute. So I don't even know if any of that good quality content uh, got into the stream. Uh, it might have been it might have been because I showed some highlights from that Virginia Tech Clemson game. It might have shut off my mic to to show the video, and then my mic just never came back on. So I have no idea. Uh, I'll have to go back and watch the tape. I don't I, I don't know, but it was a fun show. A uh, lot of football to get, you know. It, it's going to be fun. You know, Notre Dame-Clemson, that's going to be a really fun one. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this uh, Miami-UNC game. Uh, no, Spartan Barton, it was definitely my odd or my mic because it even showed that I was on mute. I just have no idea how long I was on mute for. So, uh, you know, as the football season, you know, I, we haven't, and I was thinking about this before the show, you know, uh, we haven't had a lot of basketball in depth to discuss just yet, just because one, you know, we're right in the finishing stages of the ACC football season, which is a lot, gives us a lot to talk about. Uh, and then, you know, you know, the preseason ACC basketball games, you know, it's, it's not, it's not really, unless there's an upset like last week with UVA and Virginia tech, it's like, there's not a lot to really get into until actual conference play starts. So that's going to be fun uh, as we kind of start to dive more into that as football winds down. Uh, so be prepared for that. ACC basketball, I'm telling you, is my bread and butter, so I'm excited for that. Uh, But that's going to do it for a Monday, as we are now almost two weeks away from Christmas. Two weeks. In fact, I have a Christmas countdown on my phone. I'll tell you exactly how far away we are. Uh, Let's see here. 18 days. So about two and a half weeks away. Oh, actually, 17 days, 4 hours, 4 minutes, and 35 seconds from now. It's going to be Christmas time. How's that grab you? I can't wait. Like, it, 
It's and I tell you something else, and you know this. It is going to blow by. Like it, it feels like Halloween was like two weeks ago. Like it is going to just blow by. So, uh, uh, let's see here. Yep, that's all I had for today. Uh, Friday, seven p.m. Eastern. We'll be back. Uh, we'll get into more of the Notre Dame kind of Clemson. Uh, conversations. Obviously, we're going to be talking some Miami, UNC. We'll see if we can get some basketball in here, too. Uh, but other than that, I appreciate everybody joining in. Uh, all our live viewers that we had. Appreciate all the podcast l- listeners. Excuse me. Uh, appreciate all our viewers after this is posted on LandryFootball.com. Uh, oh, and real quick, got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, American Betting Experts. Appreciate them. Uh, and obviously appreciate you guys as we try to build up this community here on Chris Landry football, uh, wouldn't be possible without you guys. Uh, don't forget to eat the ch- Spartan Bart. Don't forget to eat the, ch- Hey, let me tell you something right now. The fudge is coming out on Christmas day and the fudge ain't no joke. Like so my aunt makes me this special batch that she's been making for me since I was like a kid. I'm talking like a big batch of fudge. Like we're talking peanut butter fudge, chocolate fudge, peppermint fudge. Like, and she makes it specifically for me. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's no joke. And well, she usually makes it for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but she wasn't able to get the ingredients she needed for Thanksgiving. So, you know, that means I'm going to have to get double fudge. Uh, and double the excitement for Christmas time. So I might have to come and uh, eat some with you on the show, you know, when that happens. So you never know. So you never know what's going to happen on ACC tailgate here on Chris Landry football Uh, until Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Hope all of you come and join us as we get into uh, Clemson, Notre Dame talk, Miami, UNC talk. Uh, and yes, more Virginia is just garbage talk. Uh, hope all of you will tune in for that. Uh, I'm excited for that. So until then, I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold, signing off. We'll see you Friday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.